Hey, y'all, I'm finally back again with more things to talk about. I just got back from the Munkleteo City Council Forum at City Hall today. This is July 24th, 2017. So let's talk about it. My name is Sanjay Satish, and this is Youth Talks. So we're finally back with another episode. I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad to be able to talk about things again uh, now that I have a lot more time on my hands. So the first thing I want to talk about is, yes, I today I went to the Makotio City Council Forum for the upcoming uh, primary race in on August 1st, which is election day for this uh, uh, this season. And so all across the Western Washington and all across the state, actually, there are a number of races going on during this August primary. And I think it's important to keep in mind that these races are the races that matter uh, within our national uh, climate. Uh, if you look, since we live in a republic, America is a republic, it is a representative democracy, the elections that really matter are not the presidential, are not the Senate races, are not the House races even, but rather your local city, county, and state elections. Because ultimately, we are a republic made up of states. And having multiple states gives us mobility to move from one state to another or from one city to another. And it's cities and counties that can uh, impose lots of taxes and impose many regulatory and other reforms that can affect you more than those at the federal level even. And even in my opinion, the states have a lot more power than the federal government because ultimately it's up to the states to endorse the policies of the federal government. And it's up to the cities to endorse the policies of the states. And it's up to those counties as well to endorse the policies of not only the cities and not only the states, but also the federal government itself. So, I plead with you guys to please pay attention to this race. Please vote, because I was just looking at the voter data yesterday provided by the Washington Secretary of State, and in every county across western Washington, um, the voter turnout was less than 10%. And that, in my opinion, is absolutely absurd. You cannot have less than 10% voter turnout for all these down-ballot races. Uh, it's almost as if even in the presidential election, uh, disregard this year, since uh, it can be considered a statistical anomaly, but going back the past um, what four or five races, uh, even going back to 1996 when Bill Clinton ran against Bob Dole, national voter turnout was less than 47%. And that too for an extremely popular president in Bill Clinton and an extremely popular opposer in Senator uh, Bob Dole. And so, in my opinion, uh, this kind of is an inkling or a thought that shows that it's really not that good to not pay attention to these races. And you need to be out there voting, and voting is your civic duty, and it's important to be informed. Um, not informing yourself and choosing not to vote, in my opinion, is, is almost as, a, as great of a crime as choosing to vote without researching. Um, abstaining from voting, I understand if you don't like the candidates that are presented, but you should still at least go and understand what each person stands for and why you're opposed to them. And it's important to speak out about that because they might change their views. So um, today there are three positions up in the Mukilteo City Council. It's position one, position two, and position three. And I just want to go over what each of the candidates said throughout the order of the debate and just go into my own reactions and responses to what they said. Um, Overall, I felt kind of disappointed with what was there. I only felt that there were two extremely qualified candidates present, that being uh, Tony Markey for position three and Mrs. Um, Sarah Neller for position three as well. And it's a shame that they're running against each other because I would personally vote for both of them to be on the city council. Uh, as far as the other races go, for position one, you have Riaz Khan, Anna Rohrbaugh, and 
James Yu running. And then for position two, you have uh, Peter Zeev, Bob Champion, and Tina Over. And then again for position three, uh, you have Tony Markey, Sarah Neller, and Troy Gray. So those are all the candidates running, and uh, I guess we'll just hop right in to each position one by one. Let's go. So first up we have position one, and the candidates running for this position are Mr. Riaz Khan, Ms. Anna Rohrbaugh, and James Yu. So today I got my friend Zizi here to help me um, talk about these. Zizi, how you doing? I'm doing good, Sanjay. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing pretty good as well. Uh, how does it feel to be on the Esteemed Youth Talks podcast? I'm ecstatic. I can't wait to contribute <laughs> to okay. this wonderful podcast. I'm sure and you help are. out all those adoring fans who can't wait to hear you and scream in their car whenever you come on. <laughs> and those old women who put you on. <laughs> I'm sure. So the first thing I wanted to address is just what I said at the beginning of the whole thing, which is that the is an election coming up August 1st. As you know, we're going to go over the Michael Teo City Council candidates. First of all, first position one, as I introduced them right before. But the main thing I wanted to stress is that the voter count, the voter turnout rate is at less than 10% for every county in Western Washington. Zizi, what do you have to say about that? Um, I don't even know what the voting is for. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I mean, there you go. That that's that's what it is right there. We need to let more people know about what these races are, and these races are extremely important. As I said before, we are a representative democracy. We are a um, republic. So therefore, the states matter more than the federal uh, and than the federal entities. And your city and local governments matter. And so, this August first primary election is for uh, a majority of city governments and a majority of seats in the state legislature. So it's easy now that you know that this election is pretty important. Why do you think this voter turnout is so low? Because people don't know. Uh, do you have anything more know. nuanced than that, ZZ? Um, I feel like people don't think city like voting is that important. I feel like all people really care about is like the president, and that really might be it. Maybe senator, and then like okay. knowing everything about every candidate after that, they're too lazy. Yeah, I, I think I disagree. I think there's a lot of apathy within our political system, but that's not the discussion for today. It can be a discussion for another time. So today we're going to talk about the three position one candidates first. Those are Rios Khan, Anna Rorbaugh, and James Yu. And so I'm just going to go through their opening statements and just what they said about themselves. So Riaz Khan said that he is a former ethics commissioner, and he stresses his membership with the community, uh, especially with his kids going to the Makotia School District schools and his uh, work at Boeing. And he also said that he's a certified public manager, which is one credential that he can use to help us in the city council. The second person running was Anna Rohrbaugh. I've met Anna. I know Anna. Um, she is... Uh, as already an active member with the council, she goes to meetings, and she, her main point was she doesn't want to be understated. She doesn't want the council to be understated, and she wants citizens to know what's going on within the Mokotia community. Uh, James Yu talked about himself as being a first-generation Korean immigrant and living the American dream, and he stressed his business, business expertise from working in a Fortune 500 company to working many small businesses here. Uh, so based on that, uh, I think it's safe to assume that all these candidates are looking out for our best interests, right, CZ? Yeah. Okay, so uh, first up is Mr. Uh, Riaz, uh, James Yu, actually. And the question was, 
uh, in order to finance the street cleaning. So street cleaning is about a million dollars in total expenses for Michael Teo in order for us to paint the streets, in order for us to pave the streets, in order for us to clean the streets. This maintenance costs about $100,000. Uh, so far, the Michael Teo city has only allocated about $200,000 to the budget in order to uh, keep the upkeep. And as you know, infrastructure is a huge part of running a city. Wait, it costs $100,000? No, Mukilteo City has only raised about $250,000 in total from tax revenue. And so infrastructure is a big part of the city. So the question was, how are we going to fund um, these uh, this this infrastructure? How are we going to fund this, the street cleaning? And so uh, right now, the proposed plan is to increase the sales tax, and that's what they want. Um, there were options. The question was, would you uh, institute a property tax, raise a property tax rate? Would you... Levy another tax, or would you make budget cuts? And if you're going to make budget cuts, where would you make budget cuts? And unfortunately, none of these candidates really answered the question. Uh, James Yu said that he wants to meet with the president of the city council, and he wants to make a specific plan. And he doesn't have a com he cannot comment on it yet because he doesn't know what the best moves for the community. In my opinion, uh, that's also what Anna said. She said she's also unclear about uh, whether she's going to increase tax or not. She says she does not want to increase the sales tax. And uh, she doesn't want to increase property tax, and she wants to find another way to do it. Uh, Mr. Khan said that we could refinance the Rose Hill and uh, use the grant money in order to finance this. And he says either raise the sales tax and leave it up to the voters, or don't do anything about it. And so, fundamentally, in my opinion, I'm opposed to taxes altogether. But, um, however, you need to fund programs, right? And so, in my opinion... Uh, what we need to do as a community is to raise the property tax. Um, I know property tax and sales taxes are considered regressive taxes, and so Zizi, yeah, I hope you know what a regressive tax is, right? Sure. Do you but, do you, do you not know what a regressive tax is? Because if if there's something comes up, the point of you being here uh, is to help me explain what some of these things mean, especially when I get if something's very nuanced and you don't understand it. So. Uh, explain to me what a regressive tax is. Okay, so a regressive tax is something that hurts the poor more than it hurts the rich traditionally. Uh, if you look at sales tax, the sales tax is, is a consumption tax. So it's going to hurt individuals who consume less because uh, proportionally they'll pay more of a tax on what they spend. It will hurt the rich less because uh, in the end the rich can spend a lot more money and although their tax burden will be greater the percentage of their spending that's allocated toward taxes ultimately less than the percentage of a poor man's poor person's spending that's allocated to taxes. Uh, property taxes are also an example of regressive taxes because uh, rich individuals who have bigger homes again it's the same thing the uh, the tax rate is traditionally the same for everyone so um, in rich, in richer individuals are taxed less heavily than those on the poorer side in terms of the tax burden. Things like income taxes are very progressive taxes because the tax rate is higher as the home value is higher, I mean, as the income is higher. So therefore, rich people get taxed more and poor people get taxed less, hence progressivity. Does that make sense? Yeah, wait. So if there's like, say if there's like a 5% tax and a rich person had like, and a hundred person, a hundred dollar home, so then they'd pay five dollars. But then, if a poor person had a ten dollar home, then they'd pay two dollars. Yes. Right. So it's the same. It's a flat. So then, how is that? What's 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 two out of ten? Twenty percent. And what's five out of a hundred? Twenty percent. Oh shit. 
5%. Yes. So the rich person is paying 20% of their home value every year in taxes, whereas the, sorry, the poor person is paying 20% of their home value every year in taxes, whereas the rich person is only paying 5% of the home value every year in taxes. Therefore, it's a, considered a regressive tax because it taxes the poor more proportionally than the rich. A progressive tax will be something that taxes the rich more than the poor. However, that is a, um, what you said there is a flat tax system. So the rich person does not, um, it, traditionally in a flat tax system, the person who's rich would pay more of a share of their income. However, property taxes aren't determined on income, they're determined on the value of the property. So a flat tax is not necessarily good for properties. If that made any mm -hmm. sense at all. Okay, I hope that made some sense. Okay, anyways, we're going to keep going. So in my opinion, if you look at Makotio, Makotio is a bedroom community building, and the uh, annual income of Makotio is 80000 Median income is $80,000. And so with that, you have a lot of richer individuals. And since regressive taxes uh, traditionally are not good for richer individuals, richer individuals can pay more on a regressive tax. And so what that means is that since there are a lot of expensive homes in Makotu, the average home price in Makotu is something around $400,000. Cost of living is rising. In my opinion, uh, raising a property tax is a much more beneficial alternative than raising a sales tax because, frankly, there aren't that many businesses in Makotu that people are buying from every single day. If you look, um, uh, within Makotu, there's only two big grocery stores. That's QFC and that's Albertsons. A uh, majority of individuals will go out to Fred Meyer, which is in the Alderwood, Linwood area. majority of people are going to shop at Alderwood Mall. And majority of people aren't going to levy a lot of sales taxes within the Mukilteo area. Whereas if you take property taxes, there's a lot of homes in Mukilteo, and there's no more land development in Mukilteo, and all the homes are filled by owners. And so if you raise property taxes, um, you're going to get more revenue allocated to clean the streets. Then again, I'm fundamentally opposed to the concept of taxes, and I would rather have uh, you gut the bureaucracy within the city council, eliminating a bunch of positions, and um, doing taking other measures to reduce the tax burden on our citizens. However, I don't think that's possible with the current makeup of the Makotio legislature. Uh, what do you think on that topic, ZZ? Um, well, I'm kind of curious. So you said that you'd want to find other mem like other ways to pay for this than tax. Mm -hmm. But you said like with the current makeup, you don't think that's possible. What about the current makeup, like the political beliefs or? No, just the way the city count, the legislature is structured. Um, I would rather personally have private businesses come and contract out to clean the streets rather than having the city pay for it itself. But uh, that's simply not going to happen because uh, the city council is more of a collective unit and they want to be a governing body that does certain things. So that's not really possible is what I'm saying. So you'd want to privatize the business of cleaning the streets? Yes, I would love to privatize the business of cleaning the streets. Okay. Therefore, there would be no tax burden on the citizen. And the private business would have to get um, paid by the citizens. And the citizens use the streets. If the citizens want a bike lane, why, don't, why doesn't every citizen just pay $10 to the private business? Instead of paying a 5% tax every single year to the city, and then having the city then fight with a business to get the price down. You're eliminating the middleman, essentially. There is no tax collector. There, there is no, there's no city needed. So you don't have to pay the city council members. You don't have to pay policy advisors within the city. So you get all that extra money, and the private business works directly to the consumer. The consumers pay for what they want to use. It's pay as you use. And um, um, in my opinion, that's a lot better alternative than simply um, just raising sales taxes or raising property taxes. But... 
if we had to raise taxes, which I think is the correct way to go, I would raise the property tax. I would not consider raising the sales tax because I think it might be a very inefficient way of doing it. Consumption tax is only good over a large uh, range or a large region of um, uh, places. It's not good for small little microeconomic subsets, which is what Marco is. It's a very small city. It's a very small population. However, it is a very rich population, which is why, in my opinion, as property as income goes up, property values tend to go up, and um, and I think at the rate that Marco is going, property taxes are the way to go to fund projects. So, uh, does that clarify what you had? Yes. Okay. So the next question is on the airport. Uh, Snohomish County owns Paint Field, and they want to institute a commercial airport there. Um, and in my opinion, I am vehemently opposed to this airport on all grounds. And so what Rios Khan says about the airport is that nobody wants an airport, and now the Snohomish County wants to institute four gates. Uh, property values will decrease, he says, and um, he wants to only have Boeing model aircraft be flown there and not any big commercial flights in order to reduce noise pollution, which I think is a very good idea. Uh, Anna says that she wants to institute holding patterns and um, have direct contact with the commercial airlines that come into the airport. And by that, she says that she can, we can limit flight times and we can take measures in order to reduce the traffic burden and the, um, the noise pollution on the city of Makotio and also uh, produce more road signage and detours in order to divert traffic flow. Uh, in my opinion, the problem with this is that the school district, Makotio School District, is now... Um, thinking about levying a proposal to make school start later or change school start times. And in my opinion, that is more of a burden that's going to mess up traffic more, especially if this airport comes in, because school start times are determined not by um, melatonin levels in kids or anything, but by determined by traffic patterns within cities. And there's no body of evidence to suggest that in that making the school start time later will help kids sleep more. And so if we increase these school start times, you're going to have a lot more traffic flow at the same time that individuals are going to work or the prime time for flights to come into the Mokotiri area. So in my opinion, the first step to dropping this traffic burden on the city is to, number one, take away the proposal from the School District. And number two, do what Anna and Mr. Khan say, which is try to reduce the burden on the commercial jetliners by limiting the number of flights, not only limiting the number of flights, but also we could plant a lot more trees uh, to reduce noise pollution. Makotiu is a very green city, and there's a lot of green space, and I think we should expand that green space up rather than ex expanding our footprint um, longitudinally, necessarily. And uh, apart from that, also, uh, if you look at highways, um, homes that are situated across highways, that's where you have big retaining walls and big barriers to prevent sound from the uh, uh, cars guzzing on and off. And so with Boeing also in our backyard, there's already a lot of noise pollution from planes. And I think if we have only two to four more flights every single day, it's not really going to increase a lot of things, especially if we institute those uh, up and down retaining wall barriers and plants. And... Uh, instead of just taking away all the businesses. And then the next thing is Mr. Yu says that the airport, he wants to contact the airport authority to institute some revenue sharing, and he cannot get any specifics unless we do studies. He wants to institute analytical studies on the area to see what the effects of noise pollution would be, what the effects of traffic would be, and what the effects of congestion would be. Uh, in my opinion, uh, if you look at up north, um, if you live in Bellevue, or if you live in... Um, Redmond or Issaquah, you're going to be going to SeaTac to take a flight. Those aren't the consumers that are going to come to Makotio to take a flight. And I think depending on where the aircrafts fly out of Payne Field to what destinations they would fly to, uh, I don't think you're going to see a lot of traffic even coming to this airport. 
Even though I am opposed to the airport, I think it's going to kill traffic. I think it's going to kill business. Um, uh, I, I think it's going to be very detrimental to the community. I think if we do institute some type of reforms and plan this out better, I think it'll be uh, we can work with it. Uh, Ziz, do you have anything to say about the proposed airport, Marco Tio? What are your thoughts on it? Um, <clears throat> I think it would add traffic. I don't know. I don't want the noise, really. I don't think, like, we don't really have a good traffic system figured out anyways. Like, I don't know how we figure out, like, an airport, like, this school. Like, after high school and elementary school and all of that gets out, like, it's a mess. So, if we can't even figure that out, I feel like we shouldn't be trying to have an airport. Yeah, well, it, it went to the state Supreme Court, and the state Supreme Court legalized the um, process of building the airport. So that's inevitable. It's going to happen. Uh, it just depends on how we're going to do it. Uh. So that's that. The last question was about the waterfront. And as you know, the waterfront gets pretty crowded, and traffic is also another problem because we have a lot of residential roads with the Muckleshoot. So what Anna Rohrbaugh has to say about the waterfront is that we need to be careful uh, with our integration of it and we want to make sure that to make the waterfront more business friendly and more consumer friendly. Uh, Mr. Yu says he wants to improve it two ways, the community and through business. And what he says about the community is he wants to increase the number of recreational areas of the waterfront. And from the business perspective, he says he has no answer right now until he can find out what types of businesses citizens want to include at the waterfront. Uh, Mr. Khan says that we need new innovations and he wants to specifically target parking. And he wants to institute either more garages or a robotic parking system that's commonly found in Malaysia and other Southeast Asian countries. But my question for all three of these people is the cost. Is the city going to levy um, funding to, per out to bring businesses here? Or should we just wait and let private businesses provide contracts and expand into the waterfront? If a private business with capital, say a... Um, trampoline place wants to come in and build a pop-up shop or a an area in by Mukti waterfront and they're proposing a two hundred thousand dollar plan to build a whatever um, a little area there uh, a business and in my opinion that's perfectly fine I think the private business should be left up to it because the private business is going to tap into a market that I think is readily available and I think a market that wants certain recreational things to come here um, so I don't think the city should have any say in the waterfront however as I said before that's not going to happen we're not going to allow complete privatization of everything so in my opinion the city should not at least levy parking garage and I don't think we should even tackle the waterfront I think the waterfront is fine as it is in my opinion I don't even think we need more recreational things if anything we can just build a few small play structures and expand the gulch trails to go down to the beach clean those up make those look a lot better because in my opinion that's a lot better for our waterfront right now than uh, taking putting more shops there, putting more traffic there, and putting more businesses there. What do you have to say about it, ZZ? Um, I don't think the parking garage is the best idea because we already have like the beach parking and that doesn't even really get that filled up. So I don't think we need to add more parking. With regards to the <clears throat> adding a private business, I guess, yeah, I think it might be a good idea, but I can see what you mean when you say, like, you don't want to add traffic and leave the waterfront alone, especially, like, I don't know, it looks nice and stuff like and that. And I mean, the other thing is, how are you going to pay for it, too, if we're going to have to levy taxes if we don't allow private businesses to just come in here? So, well, I would, if we did, I would definitely, it would definitely just be, like, a private business to come in. Like, I don't think we should pay for it. Like, we shouldn't pay for a business to come here 
just let a business come. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and I don't think we need to pay to, you know, restructure the waterfront and make it more like Seattle. I, I'm not a fan of that either. They're already building a new ferry terminal, and that's already going to increase the number of traffic. That's already going to kill a bunch of land spaces there. And in my opinion, I think we should just, you know, a lot of people are gardeners, and a lot of people want to garden. So why don't we just, you know, community cleanup, community plant flowers, make little stones, make a koi fish pond. I think that's a lot better and a lot nicer, and it fits with the scenery of the community than putting a bunch of you know, concrete buildings there or concrete play structures that kind of kill the look of the waterfront. I don't think Makotio wants an urbanized view. I think they want a very naturalistic view of the waterfront. I mean, what do you have to say about that? Well, I know the Makotio City Council, like I'm part of the city council and every year they do a cleanup of the gulch. They remove like a bunch of invasive species from mm -hmm. the trail to like make it better. So are you saying we should have more things like those? Like yeah, definitely. Well, I, I think I think we should make the gulch more integrated to the waterfront rather than putting, like, shops and other things in the waterfront. I think the I'm waterfront, sorry. the the land space is way too small to make it something like a town center, like what yeah. Redmond has or what Bellevue has. Um, I I think we should just keep the naturalistic sense of it and expand on that rather than, you know, paying for parking garages and paying for more yeah. traffic there. And I think that's also the more people you have there, the more it's going to erode. And the more quality we're gonna have to upkeep. So, if you, I, I don't think we should be letting more people into the waterfront in the first place. And would we just have these That's just like cleanups more money in the long run? Sorry, what were you saying? Would these cleanups just be volunteer based, or would we be paying people to keep? I mean, the natural we, beauty of we, the trail. I, a lot of people want to volunteer. A lot of senior citizens want to volunteer. A lot of Boy Scout troops want Eagle Scout projects. I, I think it's it's pretty easy to do these kind of things, and you just need a little bit of community support. The problem is that no one wants to do them. I mean, not no, no one wants to do them, sorry, but no one has has allowed them to do these things. No one has, has you, we're still in this stage where we're like grinding out the ideas about the waterfront. We're not, we're not accepting any new, any new plants. So no, think, no one wants another alternative. So the city, there's people out there that are saying, I want to clean up the trail. I want to like, yeah. Remove trash but and the, stuff like that. Yeah, but and the, the city's telling no. Yeah, the, the city and some residents have a much diff different vision of the waterfront. But I mean, what's to stop? Like, even if we're like in the middle of this process, why are they not allowed to just clean up the trash? They, we can always clean up trash, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying integrate the Gulch Trail all the way down to the waterfront. Oh, so expand the trail. So that it goes into the waterfront. Yeah, and then put you know some uh, nice greenery around it. You can wind it around. You can add water features and other things to the trail. I'm saying, why don't we do that and preserve the natural beauty of Mukilteo rather than putting a bunch of businesses here and a bunch of shops here, increasing the traffic, increasing the flow, increasing the continual, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Increasing the continual, I would destruction. I put it of the natural landscape because the more people here, the more feet you have on the ground, the more the ground is going to wear away, the more maintenance you have to do, the more cleanup you have to do, the more you have to pay to pave the streets, the more you have to pay for parking, the more you have to pay for other things. So, and I don't think the revenue added by, because if you look at businesses here, how are you going to make money off these businesses? Levy property tax, the first thing you're going to do, or you're going to increase sales tax. It's already for a waterfront small business, the prices are already going to be high for any type of product. And if you look at that, you want to bring clothes shops to Makotio? I don't think a lot of people are going to like that. Are you going to bring curio shops to Makotio? Curio shops don't make a lot of money. And I don't think people want to buy curios. And I think if businesses wanted to come to Makotio, they would have already come. They would have already 
tap the market and they would already use it. You can put restaurants down there, but I know a lot of people that like to go to Panama, I know a lot of people that like to go to Arbor's, and a lot of people that like to go to Arnie's. And mm -hmm. frankly, though, but those restaurants don't get that much traffic. Like, how many people in Mukilteo do you think have gone to Red Cup? How many people in Mukilteo do you think go to Diamond Knot for dinner? There are a lot other choices in a lot other places, and I think, I mean, it, it's a market-based waterfront, and if the market wanted people to be there, wouldn't businesses have already come here, is all I'm saying. I I guess. Isn't there, like, because I know the chocolate mill is closing down. Aren't there a bunch of people, like, throwing out business suggestions over what well, store I mean, to put well, there? Well, I mean, wh wh why do you think the chocolate mill closed down? I mean, the lady said she didn't want to pay for it anymore. She didn't want to pay I, property taxes, but she didn't get enough customers. The, in my opinion, the chocolate mill sucked. I don't think it was a good business at all. I mean, not it was a great place. I love the owners and everything, but I don't think a lot of people wanted to eat there. I don't think a lot of people liked it. I guess because showing you broke Yeah, you didn't create profit. It, it's it is in my opinion, it was not the right thing for the market. Even ever uh, Emerald City Smoothie, for that matter. If you bring in trendy, urbanized shops catered toward a twenty to thirty year old crowd, that's not going to fly well with seniors who are sixteen, seventy, who are not as hip. Mukilteo is a backdoor bedroom industrialist community. It's a retirement community. The median income is eighty thousand dollars. It's not a young community. So why are you bringing frozen yogurt shops here? Why don't you bring more golf centers? Why don't you bring more senior citizen things? Why don't you bring more things to Rose Hill? Why don't you bring more gardening clubs? Why don't you bring more floral shops? Why do you have to bring chocolate milk, yogurt shop? You already have a Taco Del Bar. You have a burger place. You have uh, a Starbucks. You have the Bottom of New York. You have nail salons. I think that's enough catering to the millennial crowd, in my opinion. So you think that we're just not getting the right... You think the seniors are in demand of these businesses? Like they want them? No, I don't think the seniors want them, but I think if you provided them, the seniors would go to them. Okay. So you just I, think I, that... I, I, just, I just don't think that, that bringing more urbanized and trendy stores here is going to be a, a good use of private business revenue, and I think that's why you don't see businesses coming here. Because they know they can't tap into the millennial crowd? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well, they know the millennial crowd isn't that big. And, I mean, Alderwood Mall is too much what five miles away yeah so wouldn't people rather go there oh well, yeah how much but, traffic altered mall gets yeah i mean so then why don't they like tap into the old people if they're such a big market exactly they should is what i'm saying but they don't they have okay. the scotsman that's a very um old it's just catered to an older generation diamond not caters to an old generation ivers and arnie's catered to an old generation the businesses that are already here are already catered to that, and they're minting money. And if you look, the businesses that have left Mukilteo are things like Emerald City Smoothie, are things like the Chocolate Mill. So that's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. That's just my opinion. That's, that's true. Yeah, that's very yeah. valid. I I agree with that. Uh, earlier you were talking about how we need to like integrate the more paths, though. So I was just wondering, like, there's already that path from around the dog park to the beach. Like, isn't that good enough? Like, why do we need a More bunch access. of... How many people know about that? How clean is the trail? How beautiful can we make it? Can we add different things along the trail? Can we add little signposts? Can we add little activities that you can do along it? In my opinion, that's a much better use of money than increasing traffic and increasing population flow into the Mukilteo area. 
how would that? And make I think Michael Tourism is already not that big. I don't. I don't see a lot of people coming from Edmonds to go to the waterfront. The Edmonds waterfront is much better than Michael waterfront. The Linwood waterfront is much better than the Michael. Sorry, the, the Seattle waterfront is much more better than the Michael waterfront. People are going to go to Lake Washington. People are going to go to Golden Gardens. People are going to go to uh, Alki Beach. People are going to go to other places that are much more better than Michael and that are much more larger than Michael Teo. is a very tiny waterfront. The amount, the amount of tapable land that is out that you can get into is tiny. So why do you want to expand that? I think it's just going to create more problems. You're already expanding the ferry terminal. And frankly, the people that take that ferry are from the Makotia area. Majority of Makotia residents used to take the Woodby Island Ferry to go to Deception Pass. There's not that many people from other places that go and that come to Makotia for tourism. So you, think to make, so you think that we should make the trail more appealing so that people want to come and like... Yeah. I, I, I don't think I don't think retail and food is going to make people come to Makotio. I think people See, going to come to Makotio, they want something unique. If I want food, I would rather go to the Edmonds Waterfront, which has you know a great tapas place. It has Dimitri's. It has it has Indian food. They have uh, uh, Mama. Doesn't um, say uh, whatever that. There's an Italian place at the Edmonds Waterfront too. Oh, there's ooh. a French bakery, uh, Mama Strontini, oh. I think something like that. Oh. Um, there are, you know, there's an art museum there. There's so much more stuff at the Edmonds Waterfront than there's the Mukilteo Waterfront. There's so much more so, stuff at Seattle Waterfront. There's so much more stuff at in the in uh, Revan Town Center. There's so much more stuff all over the place. And putting that same exact thing in Mukilteo isn't going to help because the quality is already so high. The standard is already so high. You're going to allocate so much capital. You're going to have to allocate so much revenue. It's going to take so much time to improve this. And I think we should just cut it and just focus on preserving the naturalistic beauty of Mukilteo. So you think we should... I mean, look how much concrete is on the beach. Why don't we scale that back, make the parking lot... I mean, of course, you need a huge parking lot, but, you know, the beach the beach. There's not that much sand on the beach. There's not that much grass. Why don't we plant more? Why don't we expand the volleyball courts? You know, I, I think that's a lot better idea. So you think we should make it more of like a... Uh, as maybe like a mini Edmonds, but like more No, I don't think it's like Edmonds at all, because Edmonds is complete with businesses. I think we should make it a very naturalistic place. So naturalistic, like fun kind of place to be that people want to come to. Yes. For like experiences that you can't a unique. Yes, unique a unique experience. Place. You already have a zip line in Makotio. You have the zip park, you have a Batman club, you have a lot of recreational things at the YMCA. You have um, a lot of small businesses that are extremely that do a lot of recreational things. So I don't think you need to add another you know, water slide in the beach. I don't think you need to add five retail shops in the beach that no one's going to go to. That's just my opinion. I don't think you need to add a parking garage. Well, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Okay, so now we're going to move on to position two. The candidates for this position are Tina Over, Bob Champion, who's the incumbent and current city council president, and the outspoken Peter Z. So, in my opinion, I was actually kind of pissed at this um, city council audience because it seemed like everyone was, frankly, number they seemed kind of under-researched, number one. Number two, they seemed pretty against Mr. Zeev, which I don't understand. I don't think there's anything to be... Mr. Zeev, um, regardless of his past actions, he has come out in against them. He has defended himself in court. He has com uh, excused himself from any wrongdoing. Um, and, frankly, his policy decisions... Or extremely nuanced and extremely, you know, credible. 
Um, and it was he was saying the same things that the other individuals on the thing said. And from a degree standpoint, he's the most qualified to be there. He has a PhD from the University of Washington. He has a uh, degree from MIT. He has a degree, he has a uh, master's degree in business. He has a degree in industrial engineering. So he knows how to both horizontally and, and vertically integrate a company. He owns a multi-million dollar business. He employs a lot of people in Makotiel. So why wouldn't he be a good fit for the council? I think it's just because he's rich and people don't like rich people. I, I think there's a strong, you know, stagnation against that. When he was talking about building a sports court in his backyard, I saw many audience members shake their head and roll their eyes. And it's like, no, these are the issues that are affecting your community. Mukilteo's median income is $80,000. It's a community built around rich individuals. So why do you scorn a rich individual because he wants to pay less taxes? He made his money fruitfully. Why should he have to, 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 to basically fund the city? As he said... He is probably number Mukilteo's number one most ta number one uh, taxpayer. He pays one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in taxes to the city. That's a major portion of the city's budget. One hundred fifty thousand dollars. His income essentially gives like what? What is that? It's almost a fourth of the cost needed to redo all the streets in Mukilteo. I don't know. What do you say about that, Zizi? Well, I mean, you say that. <laughs> People really only ten. There's only a ten percent voter turnout, and even like a large amount of the time, a lot of voters don't even know what they're doing. So I feel like it's probably an even smaller percentage that actually are as educated about the actual people running for these positions. And so I feel among those voters turnout, they just know they might know some basic. The majority of them probably just know a couple basic things. And if this Peter Z guy has a mostly negative image as this rich kind of avoiding racist, taxes guy you know islamophobe huh? islamophobe and racist is Isla what they call him. oh he was that was he the guy who um the letters yeah that's peter Steve. he made a like he made a joke or whatever and he had uh what did he have he had something no, he was, about he was opposed to the mosque building michael Teo. okay yeah i think yeah, especially in this community, that probably does not fly. We're a very liberal area. Very diverse like, is the way I'm Yeah. And I have nothing wrong with Muslims. Um, my thoughts on Islam can be in another episode. I, I think Islam is religion of peace. I don't think it's... It I mean, yeah, same. I mean, you know, of course there's certain things in the scripture that produce violence, but, um, you know, him being exposed to a mosque is him being exposed to... Uh, um, you know, him being against a mosque is him being against a mosque. I don't think it matters. Let him say what he wants. It's it's it, it, it doesn't affect me. He could be a racist, and he's doing so knowingly, and if he has discriminatory hiring practices, let him have discriminatory hiring practices. I don't care, because it's his business. If his business puts off a bad impression, he's doing so knowingly that the market is going to penalize him for doing that. And if the market chooses not to penalize him, then let him do whatever he wants. It doesn't matter. And in my opinion, businesses hire objectively. They hire based on who's going to provide the most profit to the company. So if you're not hiring people, it's probably because of their qualifications rather than their racial or ethnic backgrounds. And it's just like the Gay Baker case is going to the Supreme Court now. And I wrote a paper on this. And it's that private businesses have the right to refuse service to people or not hire people they don't want to hire. Because they do so knowingly of that the market or people aren't going to buy the products if they don't like the message behind the company. Well, then, I mean, couldn't you just also say that that is a con, like, the people being against him like that is a consequence of his beliefs? Yeah, exactly. It's like, a consequence of his belief, yeah, and that's completely fine. I don't know. I just think, it's, like, it's, it's over his here. decision. 
I mean, he's doing it knowingly, so I don't think it matters. I don't think you should get up in arms with with him about it. Let it let him do it. Yeah, he's doing it. His business is still making money. I don't think I don't think you can get mad at him, whatever. But then you just boycott his products. Well, I think that's probably the reason why uh, he's so like people are so against him in the council. It's a very in if here if you have different beliefs than the average muckle teal person who most of the time you're a liberal, you're like you tend to side with the Democratic Party and you probably even down ballot. But you stick out like a sore thumb if you're a Republican. Like people look at you differently. Yeah, I think I think they do. But if you're talking about common sense proposals, won't people objectively are we that partisan in Mukilteo? Do we not care about the objective policy that's better than the other? Actually, that's another thing I want to point out. There's a lot of questions on this candidate forum about why are you the best leader for Mukilteo? I don't care about your leadership experience, frankly. I care about your policy. I don't care about your negotiability. This is not like some high stakes button issue in the Senate. This is the Mukilteo City Council. You're going to work with each other to get things passed. There are no big arguments. I don't care what your leadership experience is. I care about your policy and I care about your objectivity. I care about what you're going to do to fix the budget crisis. I care about what you're going to do to fix the waterfront. I don't care how you act. I don't care about your private business dealings. I don't care about your... I care about your interests. I care about... I don't... You are elected to be a civic servant. You are not elected to empathize and sympathize and, you know, provide rationality or emotional strength to the people. You're elected to be objective about policy. And that's all you're doing. Well, I mean... Like you said, and like we've like already kind of discussed, the people in Mukilteo don't really know, like what's going on with the election. Like, I didn't know any of Peter Z's policies, but I'd have heard of him in the paper. That's a perfect example. People only know yeah. the bad things. That goes against what they, or maybe not the bad. It's good or bad depending well, on I how think you look in, at it. In, in one sense, that's a form of voter apathy. They don't care about anything except the you know, his, his image. They don't care about his policy. In my opinion, policy trumps image all the time. No pun intended there. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just think if you're not informed very much on the policies and then all you have vote. to go off is of the then image. Then don't vote. Why are you voting? Ultimately, the they, policy is what's going to do a different thing. Why are you voting if you don't know about the policy? That's just my opinion. I don't think you should be voting. Socrates hated democracy. Socrates hated democracy because the vote of the uneducated prisoner is equal to that of the vote of the educated college professor. <laughs> I know that. That's democracy. Talking. So if you embrace democracy, you embrace voter apathy automatically. But we can't exactly just take away democracy. Well, we, like, live we, live, we live in a republic. We live in a representative I mean, democracy. I understand that we live in a republic, but like, I mean in the sense that just the politi- the way the political system works right now with people voting on things, like, you couldn't, I feel like, you know, you couldn't just change that right now. People would be up in arms. And how would we even change that? By voting? Well, why would people be up in arms? Wouldn't you want more educated individuals voting? Why would you want apathetic people? Yes, I understand it's the person's right to vote. They can do whatever they want. But, you know, if you're not educated, don't vote. Why are you voting? Then don't complain. So would about, you, then would don't you complain afterwards. Don't would you have them? Would you have them take a test on, say, like a citizenship the... test? Yeah, I would be an advocate for that. Maybe having everyone. Well, I was going to say citizenship test because, like, theoretically, you could just take, like, you know, a history class, learn about a couple of things, but that wouldn't teach you like what's going on in this current, the like, in this current election. You know, wouldn't it be more important to know actually about the candidates 
plan. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you, you can do that, but but that's up for you to research. We we play our own card. If you don't research and you pick the wrong candidate, then we pick the wrong candidate. Well, I mean, yeah, but I'm saying like, shouldn't the test be more focused on the candidates but, rather but the than? Thing is that, as yeah, in... I, I'm in support of a test, but at the same time, you have to understand not many people have the opportunity. Uh, you 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 eliminate equality of opportunity in one sense because not enough people are going to have access to the materials to study the test in some places. But I still think that in one sense it's a consequence for not knowing anything. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Okay, anyways, back to the city council now. Um, so Tina Ober, uh, Peter Zeeve, and Bob Champion. So first up, Tina Ober says she wants to see a change. She wants the community to be diverse. And she says she works in the schools and um, is good with nonprofit businesses. Uh, Mr. Zeeve says that he's ran multiple businesses. Uh, he pays $150,000 in taxes to the city. Uh, he has a multicultural company uh, hosting a variety of Christian religious celebrations while he's Jewish. Uh, he also endorses many other uh, religions and many other people. He hires a diverse body of people. And uh, Mr. Bob Champion says that... Um, he's the current council president, he's the incumbent, he's an aerospace executive, and he wants to reach collaborative views on issues. And, in my opinion, uh, we need, Peter Zeef said, it very bluntly, we need to reduce taxes and restrictions, restrictions, and I agree with that. I think homeowners, especially, have a lot of restrictions in Michael Teal. And so, yeah, this is when I wrote down more objective coverage of issues. That's just my thing. I don't really care about the person's personality, I care about their policy. Because ultimately, I'm an issue-based voter and not an emotional voter. I do not vote based on how much I like the candidate. I vote based on the candidate's policy. You cannot vote along party lines. You should be an issue-based voter. And in my opinion, issue-based voting is the way to go. Yeah, I think that's good. I think it's just that most of the time, once again, people don't know. So mm -hmm. we need to change that. I guess maybe we do need to have tests so that people can actually vote on the issue rather than say whether or not a person is an I guess an Islamophobe or not yeah I agree so the three of these uh, basically they were asked the same set of questions essentially and all of them said the same thing they want to invest in our youth put more money uh, into the children and put more get more recreational activities and in my opinion I don't think the city needs to be involved in this Again, private businesses can provide for this. Uh, we, we don't need public to do it. Bureaucracy is always bad because bureaucracy never gets things done on time. Uh, if you subvert the city, you can attract businesses much more easier, and you can get it done a lot faster. For the city to go through, first they have to levy taxes, then they have to sign it off, then you have to get a unanimous decision, then you have to sign the permits into order, and then you build it. For private business, you subvert the whole city process. Private business tells the city, I want to build here. The city says, okay. The private business starts building, and it's done. You have the activity center. You have everything that you want. But one thing that probably not happen just because, as you've said, there's not a big huge yeah, market. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. But I think there's a big activity market. I think the Boys and Girls Center, that can be done. Uh, they wanted to put a gym in Rose Hill. I think that's fine. I think we can put more volleyball courts on the thing. We have a lot of excess concrete. Why don't we just put a basketball court and a basketball hoop on that? I mean, you know, people go to Denver to play basketball. Why don't we put another basketball court somewhere else? There's a lot of concrete in Mukilteo. There's a lot of open areas. So the areas that are already open and full of concrete just kind of make them like basketball courts or volleyball. Yeah, yeah definitely. Or, yeah, sports courts. Sports courts. Or fields, more play fields. Mm -hmm. That's just my opinion. 
and all of them are opposed to raising property taxes for the most part. None of them want no new taxes, and they want to cut away excess, which I uh, agree. I think you want to cut away some discretionary spending, um, and uh, but Miss Tina Over says that she wants to increase the tax on car tabs, and in my opinion, that is just. And her reasoning for this was that. Car tab taxes will reach more citizens than Michael Tia and produce more revenue than property taxes. I don't know the exact numbers on this, but I find that claim to not be true. Because, as I said before, you know, there are residents of Michael Tia. Property taxes being regressive taxes. Sorry, pardon my yawn. Although that's the case, you're still going to get more, in my opinion. I think you're still going to get more. I think you're still going to get more money from property taxes, and I'm vehemently opposed to the idea of raising a consumption tax or raising an income tax. Yes, I would like to see budget cuts. I'd love to see budget cuts. If we can gut this whole waterfront thing, I think we can pour all that money into street into infrastructure. Infrastructure is much more important than our waterfront. I think if we gut a lot of this other stuff, if we gut a bunch of positions, you don't need a policy analyst for Michael City Council. I think if we revert to a weak mayor system, that might also be good. Um, you know, we need to just kill bureaucracy, number one. That's my base thing. Number two, we don't. The city doesn't need a lot of these things. The city needs to focus on safety and needs to focus on infrastructure. The city should not be worrying about bringing more recreational activities here. The city should not be worrying about the waterfront. The city should, frankly, not be worrying about any of those things because those things don't matter. Private businesses determine the market that the city creates. The city does not determine the market that the city creates. The consumers and the citizens of the city determine the market. And private businesses, if they want to tap into that market, will come here. And as far as I know, there are no private businesses that are requested to come to Mukilteo. <coughs> Because if they were, we would be hearing about it. And there would be more shops opening up and a lot of things coming faster. In my opinion, this community is tapped out. We don't need any more. I don't want to increase traffic. I don't want to increase use. And ultimately, all I want to do is increase safety. They brought this up at the end of the thing. We should have more crosswalks with lights on the top. Yes, when people match all black in the morning going to Kamiak and it's 6 o'clock and you can't see a thing and I'm driving my car to school, I can't see you when you're crossing the crosswalk because you're oftentimes you're matching all black. How am I supposed to see you if you're matching all navy? You know, I'm not going to see you. I think we should put lights in the crosswalks. People are on their phones in the morning. You can't see anything. That's what we should be spending money on. We shouldn't be spending on money on building a parking garage or building a waterfront. I don't know. What, what do you have to say about that? So, I mean... I know we have that crosswalk by the Y that has the lights and Does Endeavor have a crosswalk with lights by it? Yeah, I think the Endeavor has a crosswalk with lights. Kamiak has one, too, right across the street. I don't know. I feel like, for the most I feel like we just don't have as many of those just because, like, especially at the high school level, most people, don't most people drive at Kamiak anyways? A lot of people that walk. There's a lot of people that walk. Don't you see all the kids walking? Even for elementary schools, in my opinion. I mean, no, definitely for elementary school because, and like, even they even so for people running. I mean, I know when I was in elementary school, a lady got, uh, Endeavor staff member, boys and girls staff member, got run over by a car because there were no crosswalk lights. Oh, She's walking to work yeah. in the morning. I remember so, that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm just... Do you think the road safety is a big... Because how many of those incidents I actually... I think public safety is a big thing, too. I mean, you see all these kids knocking down signs. That's not a good thing. And, you know, there's a lot of drug trafficking in Mukilteo. There's a lot of... Uh, illegal activity that happens, and why do we have a vape shop? I don't want a vape shop in Mukilteo. Why do we have a marijuana shop in Mukilteo? I don't want a marijuana shop in Mukilteo. I don't know. I mean, isn't it better if we They want to bring them. a casino. They want to build a casino in Mukilteo. I don't want a casino in Mukilteo. But isn't it better if we had the weed shop than if we had just people selling it in the forest behind the library? Yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's fine, but... 
I mean, regardless of whether weed's legal or not, I, I don't want... But there's still kids selling it behind the library. I don't know. I'd rather make Makatio a safer community. That doesn't mean imposing regulations. That doesn't mean imposing more police. I don't think that's the right idea. I think it's culture change, and I think we can bring about a culture change by making this community built upon seniors rather than a community built upon children. That's all I'm saying. And to have that community built around seniors, you think that we should... I think we should have an anonymous like... tip line. Makatio, we don't have an anonymous tip line in Makatio. Don't we have the uh, the friendly neighbor thing or whatever? Like you can just... Neighborhood Watch is not something that is in Makatia. No, not Neighborhood Watch. Because I remember one time we had a cop come to our school or whatever. A cop was talking to me. And they were telling us how you could call. Oh, I think it might have been in my you house. You can call 911 and submit a claim, but there's no anonymous tip line in I thought they were talking about how, like, um, because they were talking about how that was a big problem, how kids would, like, OD on certain drugs at parties and nobody would call because they didn't want to get in trouble. I thought, don't they have the thing now where you can call anonymously or whatever? I, I'm not sure that exists in Malta, as far as I know. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay, but anyways, yeah. number one thing, I don't want traffic, I don't want taxes, and I don't, most of all, I don't want the city to be involved in let the market go by itself. Let private businesses come in here. As far as taxes go, I don't want your taxes. I'm fundamentally opposed to the concept of taxes in itself. But sometimes you have to raise taxes. And if you're going to raise taxes, raise regressive taxes. Don't raise progressive taxes. Because ultimately, progressive taxes, even though they'll allocate more income, they're going to hurt the rich people in this community. They're going to hurt because everyone in this community already has a high income. So why don't we just tax their land rather than the income? Because most of them don't earn income in Makotio. They earn income in other places. They're already paying taxes and all that income where they earn it. Now, lastly, what I said about school starting later, yes, I don't want traffic. Number one thing is I don't want traffic in this community. And this community is already stuffed with gills. I don't want more traffic lights. And if anything, why don't we just institute traffic circles? We can institute traffic circles. We can stop all the problems. I think if we put in a few traffic. Okay, lastly, position number three. In my opinion, the two candidates for this position are the two most qualified candidates for, this, for any position on this thing. Uh, they are Sarah Neller and Tony Markey. And so what Tony Markey says is that he doesn't want to overstretch things and, you know, he doesn't want the, you know, the city council to get caught up in small issues. He wants us to only focus on the big things and do those big things well. Sarah Neller says that she wants to run an ethical and reasonable campaign and she wants to be a great negotiator. Uh, and, you know, she doesn't want, she, she wants to bring about the community's values and homeowners' values. So the first question they asked were asked were the same thing about Waterfront. And what Marky said is, I think it was very smart. And he said, let's have the businesses come to us. Let's interview the businesses themselves like Port of Everett does. And let's see what kind of businesses we want in Michael Tio. He said he doesn't want another vape shop in Michael Tio. And he doesn't think another, you know, another one of these food places is going to work either. And he asked, do we really need retail? So I think we need to question that and understand what's going on there. Um, and now we're also agreed with him, and he says that if we ever, and she said that if we ever have a parking garage, she wants to make sure it's done by private businesses. And she also said that we should maybe institute some more stoplights and make take other measures to regulate traffic. And she also agrees that traffic is the biggest problem in Makotio. Um, so it's basically along the lines of whatever we said before. And you know, uh, as far as a sales tax goes, both of them said that they want to put it on the ballot, and they also want to look for other ways to restructure the budget. And frankly, in my opinion, this is the the toughest race. Uh, if I was gonna, you know, pick someone, I think both of them have very similar platforms. Both of them run on very similar messages, and it's ultimately down to if their objective policy is the same. Which one do you think is going to be the better leader? Which one has a better track record, and which one is 
Um, I guess this is one race where it comes down to Persona. I am opposed to that, but I, I think you could find uh, they have very nuanced opinions. They have very knowledgeable and very researched positions. And in my opinion, these are the two people that we should have leading the city council. Although they're running for the same position, but these are the two people we should have in the city council. You got anything to say, Z? Before we go, uh, I don't really know about either of them, but I guess I could ask: Is there any areas where they differ from each other? There's a few in how they want, just the certain cuts that they'd make. Um, you know, they have different ideas of what they want in the waterfront. And I think, um, well, Mr. Markey has been uh, cited as running an unethical campaign. I don't know anything about those allegations. Sarah Neller has been saying that she's a very ethical person. So I think there might be a, you know, an objective thing with how they run campaigns, how they finance themselves there. But for the most part, I don't see any problem with it at all. I don't know. I don't. I don't see that there's that there's anything really big there. So for the most part, like they don't have really any areas they, they, where they, 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 they areas that they differ, but it's not that large. I mean, I I I, I think they're significant to some voters, but ultimately it's going to be dependent on who you think represents your interest more and who do you think is representing the community better. Who do you think represents your interests more? In my opinion, I'm I cannot endorse any candidates. I'm I'm providing, I want to provide an objective view of the situation, which I hope I did. I said, even though I'm vehement, as I said before, I'm opposed to the fundamental concept of taxes, but objectively, when you look at it, property taxes are the way to go. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that I provided them an, an objective view of everything. A statistical, nah, and objective, and logical analysis. I, I hope I didn't let my emotions come through. Yeah, you're, you're fine. <laughs> okay, do you, do you have anything to say? Before we sign off on this one? Nothing at all. Good podcast. Great. So, that's it. Um, We'll be back with more episodes. It means easy you're going to do another episode soon. And, uh, yeah, thank you all for listening. Please share this with other Mukilteo residents. I want all of Mukilteo to vote. Now, we need to make sure that Mukilteo has a voter turnout rate above 10%. That's inexcusable to have a voter turnout rate under 10%. Absolutely inexcusable. I can't believe I live in that kind of society. The the freest country in the world, the only country where every single citizen has a right to vote, essentially, and it's protected, under 10% turnout. I can't believe that whatsoever. Are we that apathetic? That's all I'm saying. All right. Thank you for listening. Blah, blah, blah.